laughing big heads, dreaming about a premiership cup. We love our clubs, but they never win. Two flags in 100 years. That shit house, if you think we'll be insightful, clever or just well researched. We're here to say that's not the case, we'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one cup. It is Thursday, June the 16th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And uh, each week... Hang on, is it Wednesday? Did I say it was Thursday? I don't know. Or Wednesday? Wednesday, Thursday, same thing. It's Thursday when you're hearing this. It's Wednesday night. It's almost Thursday. I may have fucked up the intro. Oh, by the way, I had a big boast um, a few weeks ago when I got nine out of nine on my tips. So I think it's only fair that I mentioned that this weekend just gone, I got zero tips. Not one single of my tips were correct this last weekend. And the great thing about that is you weren't actually able to do our regular Thursday afternoon tips, but you made an effort to comment underneath the post of the video that eventually went up just to add your tips, just so people knew. Like you could have actually completely taken a mulligan. No one would have noticed, but you made the effort to lay down your tips and got them all wrong. No, it was hacked. Wrong. It was bloody oh, hacked. Right. Yeah. I don't know who put that message up there. I tipped all the opposite to that. I was hacked. Yeah, I don't know who liked Come Pumper 69. That wasn't me. <laughs> and that's as political as we're going to get on two guys. One cup. Um, oh, yeah. Look, it's, uh, it's, 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 this is not a fun year for me, Will, having to front up. Like, I just, I, I, I feel like, I don't know if this has been sent down to test every St. Kilda supporter this year, but it feels like now each week is a chance, a new and humiliating way for St. Kilda to lose a game of football. And I don't know if I enjoy this anymore. Like I honestly, I think every St. Kilda supporter is feeling the same way. Like it's very hard to see silver lining at the moment. I mean, on the weekend, there, there was something like the next level about what happened on the weekend. Yeah. Like you were kind of like, no, 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 no. Like St. Kilda are not great, but they're, they'll fine and they'll sort it out. This isn't one of those all-time tragic seasons. Like it's not. But watching that game on the weekend, you were like, oh. Yeah. Like, well, how, like you were like 36 points up or something yeah. in the fucking wet. Like there was just no way you should have lost that game. No, it's, I mean, that's the thing though. There's no way we should lose it yet. We do. And I think <laughs> they're in. I mean, maybe that's to be admired. The fact that they can rip defeat out of the jaws of victory. Well, I was really trying to rack my brain for a positive to pull out of this because I was, um, I was just doing some other work. I had it sort of on my iPad and I was half watching and like everyone about halftime, I'm like, okay, well, We'll probably skip away or maybe at worst like a four goal win. You know, that that's that's pretty serviceable considering the injuries we have and, you know, the conditions. But then as the car crash started to happen, there was a real sense of inevitability about it. And then afterwards I'm like, okay, so what what is positive about being a St. Kilda supporter? And the nearest I can come to it is that no other football fan would know what it's like. Like there is no experience quite like being a St. Kilda supporter. I know like Melbourne and Carlton and stuff, but historically they've had success. You know, Fremantle maybe, but they haven't even won one yet. So there is something very unique about being a St. Kilda supporter. And you do feel cursed in a way 
Because if not for the bounce of a couple of balls, if not for some untimely injuries, if not for all this kind of stuff, that you, you, your life would be better. But it's just nothing surprises you anymore. It's just, it's like I'm so desensitized to pain. I'm so desensitized to humiliation. It's, I'm like Reek in Game of Thrones. You've just cut off my balls and I just follow you around and say, yes, sir, may I have another? Okay, so, all right. There's so much to unpack here. Okay. Have you considered doing a Seb Ross and Tim Membry and site family reasons and just like withdraw yourself from like being there from week to week? Um, yeah, but I don't think that my um, family would back me up. On it. I, don't, I don't think Gemma wants this fucking sad sack hanging around. She was getting rid of me at least for two hours a week. But now I'm going to mope around like – I, I, I do feel like if I didn't have this podcast, then she would be copping it much worse. And look, I even every week I will just give her a, like a little one sentence summary of what happened. And this week was um, we were 36 points up. We lost the game because a guy who's played less than 10 games did like a bicycle kick over his head, an impossible goal to win the game. Like we've talked about Richmondy. And, you know, five years ago, that was the most Richmondy of losses. It was almost equivalent, like, what do you think is more Richmondy? That loss, 36 points up, and then a less than 10 gamer kicks the ball over his head to win the game. Or when Richmond lost to the Gold Coast Suns because Carmichael Hunt kicked it on the buzzer. I mean... I mean, Richmond just... But they're in the same ballpark. Yeah, it's, they're good it's like the same arguing script. over the Rewalt's marks. They're both real good marks in different ways. That's what I feel like people have, someone's done is they've just rubbed out Richmondy. They've just rubbed out the scripts. They've just reused the same scripts, but it's now it's now St Kilda. I mean, it's it's it was sad. And I don't think anyone really took great – even people who hate St Kilda didn't take great pleasure in that loss. It was just – it's just sad. And look, I feel I feel like – I want something good to come out of the season. I want, I, but that—that's not seeing Melbourne win. <laughs> that's not seeing Geelong win. That's not maybe the Bulldogs because we're friends. But even that's just going to hurt a little bit more because now you're going to just like strip. You know, you're just going to edge away from me a little bit further. I just need a subplot to this season. I think it's going to be Richmond. I think that's my subplot because people are writing them off. And uh, did you see any of that West Coast Richmond game? I watched all of that game and I was like, it just felt like Richmond were doing what Richmond do. Exactly. And I didn't think what, I did not think that West Coast had that comeback in them, but JJK, it was good to like, I, I do have a soft spot for West Coast. I, mm. I, it keeps bothering me how much of a soft spot I have for West Coast, but there's just enough players that I like at the West Coast Eagles, that I do get joy in their success. I mean, there's a lot of that performance. If Richmond hadn't won three of the last four flags, if this was Richmond of 2016, you could almost classify this as a minor example of Richmondy because they were leading in the last quarter and then a kick that barely travels five metres into the arms of the oldest player on the field who then just like kicks the perfect goal. Something Richmondy, Richmondy about it, but because they've now got the runs on the board, it doesn't quite have the same, I don't know, like gravitas. No, I agree with you. Like, if they hadn't had that game against Essendon a couple of weeks ago and show that they can still do it, I think there would be a different story. But even the fact that they've lost to, apart from the Bulldogs, who they beat, they've lost to every other team in the eight, I think, or like pretty much every other team in the eight. But 
that's not unusual for them. They've won premierships when they haven't beaten teams above them until they get to the finals. So yeah. because they have that in their recent history and their track record, then I just think it's that's very hard to immediately revert. There's been a lot of contenders for the old Richmondy. Like, you know, it's like with Collingwood, you know, the president mm. leaves and there's a leadership vacuum. Well, it's been a bit of the same with Richmondy. You know, Melbourne stepped into that for a while. And then this season, there's been Collingwood, there's been Carlton, there's been St Kilda. There's been quite a lot of people vying. Clubs in crisis. Yeah. It's not a good season. <laughs> no. I Look, I still reckon, I mean, Geelong was super impressive. I've I've been a big skeptic on Geelong, which is interesting because you have always been a believer in Geelong, but also a believer in Port. So where does that put you now? Port have lost a lot of games. I believe less season. in Port. Yeah, I mean it's getting harder to believe in Port. It is not hard to believe in Geelong. Like the fact that they still have upside. The fact that Jeremy Cameron said after that game that it was the first time that week that they had trained together, and you're just like. You guys are playing this well together and you haven't actually got to practice it at training yet. Like Jeremy Cameron slept under a like concrete table at the, you know, Adelaide Oval the other day and just like, like they are just, I mean, Dangerfield's back and they're humming you know, along like, nicely. Oh man. There's, I mean, if Radagalia could turn into the option they need in the ruck, cause he does enough good things. Like he's still not consistent enough, obviously, but mm. He has knick-knack moments of brilliance. Like, if they could get him to, you know, do that sort of 60%, 70% of the time, gee, they're going to be hard to beat. And then, of course, they've got the big guns. Just when you get into finals, Will, you bring in, you know you bring in. Bruce Stanley. Bruce Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> when you just need that centre circle do domination, the old RS. <laughs> How many games do you think Reece Stanley's played? Would you say over 200? Um, I wouldn't say over 200. I would say he's played like 160 games or something like that. Because I say based, based on absolutely nothing other I'm, than just a feeling. I mean, there are certain players. It's a bit of a Tyrone Vickery situation with Ray Stanley, isn't it? Like everyone recognizes the ability, never seems to fulfill it, but will have a fairly good career by the time he's done. So he's played 144 games. How old is he? 30. Okay. So you reckon he'd, if, if he gets another contract and that's up for debate, just say he gets another two years, he'll play another 45 games. So he'll finish just short of 200. That's a pretty good career. If, if he gets another two years, <laughs> I would be surprised if he plays another 45 games. Like, right, unless they extend the season to 50 games a season. 144 games is not bad. No, no. It's a good career. I mean, and he's had moments of absolute brilliance in it. But yeah, he's. Has he? Running it quickly, running out of time to have like reliability added to that. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. What was his best game? He's played pretty well against the Bulldogs a lot. I'm, I will say that he's one of those guys who seems to save his best for the Bulldogs. There was one game for the Saints against Frio where he and Revolt combined for like six goals, and he was just everywhere and looked so dynamic, and everyone was like, "Finally, the Reese has come back to Marevin." No, we'll see if it at the time. <laughs> But it uh, unfortunately led nowhere. Um, Matt Rowell made his uh, long-awaited comeback. Will, I mean, was is it Matt Rowell? This this was not a Matt Rowell that we recognised. This is a Matt Rowell that at the start of the game didn't know if he was meant to be on the field or not. Okay, I'm glad. Like, you brought to me, that, up. that doesn't feel like Matt Rowell. Matt Rowell feels like the guy who's done his homework of whether he's going to be on the field or not. And also, you're Matt Rowell. 
you're going to be on the field. You're not starting on the bench. Let's uh, let's uh, bring our segment forward. Normally, about half 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 an hour mark, we do where's Matt at or our rowling coverage. But let's bring it forward because you mentioned that uh, Matt Rowell didn't know where he was starting. Now, for anyone who hasn't seen the footage, uh, start of the game, Matt Rowell uh, runs on. He runs into the centre, then he comes back because no, he runs to the bench because he thinks he's starting on the bench, and then he gets shown the magnet board, and he's not in the middle. He's playing in the forward line, and it seems so unmet. Rao like to see him because you reckon he would have been like studying that magnet board since Thursday night the team announcement like he would have been running running patterns in his head over and over again like I imagine he goes home and he arranges his like 52 footballs into like different players in the fields and runs sort of set plays in his living room I that's what I imagined as well it just seemed uncharacteristic well there's I'm, no, there's an article I'm not putting here. it past the fact that Tony Cochran has actually been experimenting, trying to make other Matt Rouse. And this is some sort of oh, multiplicity, multiplicity situation, situation. Where, where it's not quite as good as the original Matt Rouse, but he's just sent him out. A copy of a copy. doesn't like chorizo pasta. He likes bacon noodles. Right. Uh, this is an article from uh, nine.com.au. Gold Coast star Matthew Rowell was involved in a hilarious moment prior to his AFL comeback match when he forgot his starting position for the first bounce. Playing in his first match since being injured, Rowell could not find his position and ran towards the bench thinking he was starting on the bench, only to be told he was starting up forward. Okay, so he did start on the field. He did run out, saw that there was, there was everyone, there were six players in the middle of the ground and then it's ran like, back to the bench. Well, hang on. What's going on? I, I guess I must be on the bench if I'm not in the middle. Do you guys not listen to two guys, one cup? They have picked me to win the Brownlow and thrust a barnstorm into the finals, which uh, clearly after this loss, I don't know how It's going to be tougher after this weekend. <laughs> after a quick look at the magnets on the whiteboard, the 2019 number one pick had to do a mad dash to get to the forward line, leaving the commentary team in stitches. He thought he was starting on the bench and then he was waved back. Hawks great, Jason Dunstall said on Fox's coverage. By the way, I love this... Uh, new article that you get in the footy press where they literally just recap commentary or what people talked about on 360. I mean, even the fact that they're saying it's hilarious and that they had the commentary box in stitches is, I mean, it's it's making it out like you had to be at this gig. This is the funniest that anybody's ever been in their entire life. You're not going to believe it. He did not know where he was playing. So he had 14 touches. 14 touches. They lost by a fair margin. They were pretty ineffective. Where's Matt at? Well, okay. So, I mean, look, he's been out of the game for ages and it was unrealistic his fifth game, that he was going to come back and be best on ground and win the Brownlow. However, I'm going to go with the multiplicity option. Yeah, I'm going to go that the mad scientist, Tony Cochran, has been experimenting coming up with like a series of Matt Rowles and he has debuted his first replacement Matt for like its debut on the weekend. So people yeah. wouldn't notice the best way to slip in a new mat is in the comeback game where people aren't sort of hyper aware of the old mat. Okay. And so why has this mat, what's this mat's major deficiency? Like we know, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the first version of Matt Rowell, good in traffic, really good skills, great leadership. Um, you know, he's very professional in his training methods. Describe for me, uh, how Matt Rowell two fits into that. Um, constantly undermining leadership. Oh, like, won't even won't even listen to instructions, simple instructions like where he's playing on the field. Yeah, um, not good in traffic. Doesn't drive. 
Oh. Got a, got an Uber to the game, got lost. Had to get Brody Grundy to drive him to training. <laughs> <laughs> he heard from Trey that he can get a lift. What about his skill set? Um, I would say that his skill set was about half as good as the regular Matt Rao based on the, <laughs> oh, yeah, so it, based it on the champion data. It's about half. It's a diminishing return of about half. Okay, well, all right, but didn't he get? Didn't he poll like nine Brownlow votes in his first three games last year? So yeah. he's still polling four, four and a half votes. That's not that's not bad. Three rounds. I mean, by your mathematics, I can see what my, you're saying. Excuse me, Will. My mathematics. <laughs> Sorry, by your mathematics, <laughs> I can see what you're saying. But what you've done is taken his Brownlow votes and halved them, which. Does not indicate somebody who's had his skill level halved because if you have your skill level halved, you're not getting any Brownlow votes. It's to, to get like to go from three Brownlow votes to one Brownlow vote is you're still the third best player on the ground. So that's well, actually, if Matt Rowell halved his normal level of skill, he'd probably still be in the best three players on the ground. So, okay, maybe you're right. Well, maybe at Gold Coast. Okay, so maybe not Brownlow, let's say best and fairest. So he, yeah. whatever he plays. Oh, no, the best he's still going to win the best and fairest, no doubt. <laughs> Matt, too, wins the best and fairest at the Gold Coast. Yeah, Matt, one, comes in second, and Matt, three, comes third. Now, uh, while we're on Matt Rowell, another bit of uh, news came out today about a little hobby that Matt Rowell um, has. Do you know about this? No. Um, this is uh, from uh, foxsports.com.au. Of all the weird hobbies AFL players have, Matt Rowell's love for pot plants may be towards the top of the pile. Man on the mark I, understands. I, I have a love for pot plants as well. That does explain the chorizo pasta. <laughs> Sounds exactly like what a pothead would come up with. Man, it's totally true. Yes, that's right. If you get if you get Nutri-Grain and you put whipped cream on top and maple syrup and milk, it's fucking awesome. Mate, all the way that Matt Rowell lives his life is like an absolute stoner coming up with plans. Like he's absolutely like, you know what, mate? I'm going to have 52 footballs. 52 footies. <laughs> One for every week of the year. Oh. Man of the Mark understands the precociously talented second-year player has a strong interest in bordering on an obsession for pot plants. His Gold Coast house is filled with them, and he looks after each one meticulously. I love okay. that Matt Rowell is like Michael Caine in Children of Men, just living in a little glass house where he just plays classical music and just tends to his plants. Do you think he names them all? Absolutely. In fact, I think this is perhaps... <coughs> Like he nurtures the plants in the same way he's trying to nurture his teammates. So I bet he's got a oh. plant in his house named after everybody who's on the Gold Coast Suns list. Yeah. And the most boring plant, Jack Lukosius. <laughs> and you know what uh, plants need? Sun. It makes a lot. It's a very symbiotic relationship, uh, yes. right? It's a yeah. metaphor. He's living a giant football metaphor. Well, we've talked about um, how much I love making their mark. In uh, the first episode, uh, there's that fantastic scene where uh, Cornelio – brings out the uh, three-headed trophy to inspire the guys for the season coming. And it's the past is a stone trophy because the past is set in stone. You can't change it. Then uh, the middle trophy is made out of wood because you can carve the present into anything you want it to be. And then the, the, the third trophy is just a transparent case because you can fill it with whatever you want. And he wants to fill it with fucking trophies. So do you think this is Matt Rao preparing for when he takes inevitably takes over the captaincy? He's going to say, guys... We're all like houseplants. I think he actually just takes the boys around to his house and he introduces them to the plant 
that is named after them. So he could go around the house and he'd just be like, you know, Isaac Rankin, this is you. This is this is you. Like, and every single one of them has a plant that matches their personality. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame Carmichael Hunt doesn't play there anymore. Cause he could have had some cocoa plants in the corner there, <laughs> <laughs> just grinding down with some petrol, and. Uh... <laughs> Who wants to go on a golfing trip? His shoulders are amazing, but I think it's all that work he's doing in those metal tubs out the back of his house. So what do you think about Stewie Jew's chances of surviving the year? I hope so. Yeah, me too, but I don't think he will. Well, who's going to go and coach there instead? Give him another year. Nathan Buckley? Imagine that. Oh, yeah, okay, good point. Yeah, no. No, I mean, Buckley's going to have a year in the media. So yeah. give Stewie Jew another year. Give him a chance to, you know, with the idea that if you can't, if it, if it doesn't work out in another year, then you, you go after like a Nathan Buckley. What is, do you think is going wrong there? I mean, is it is it the Gold Coast? Is it the actual fact that they have no fans and they're in the middle of this like dead zone for sporting teams? Or is it I mean, something it else? It probably doesn't help. Like that, that probably doesn't help. I think it's also just the way the club was put together. Like it's just had a weird basis and foundation. And then like, you know, they've had a little bit of uh, bad luck with like injuries and they've had a little bit of bad luck with their players being poached by other teams. And you know what you need? Like you need a good, is there a coach in the past who was a good us against them kind of coach? Like Brad Scott kind of had that vibe when he's at North Melbourne. Like, you know, he sort of really sort of brought back that shin bonus spirit or is there someone who's like, he's like a hard nut. I mean, they tried that with Rodney. Well, Ede, I guess. I, you know, there's been talk about, you know, could Collingwood poach Chris Scott? Like if a team wanted to poach mm. Chris Scott, the Gold Coast, because he clearly loved being up on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Like he got his tan on, he got his long Gold Coast hair. He's definitely got the us versus me. Like, I mean, he could make the Gold Coast, I think... Having coached Geelong is probably a good example of what you could do with the Gold Coast because it yeah. is a smaller boutique stadium, build it in the community, make the community really proud of it. I think that Chris Scott would probably be a pretty good um, Gold Coast coach. You know uh, what also happened this round, Will, is uh, it took till round 13, but we finally got our Clarko is a genius. Genius. Uh, annual Clarko is a genius game uh, with Hawthorne upsetting Sydney. <laughs> I mean, we've been waiting all season through all those losses where he was clearly still a genius for yeah. the Clark as a genius match. And I'm glad that we got to see the Clark as a genius match. It was so nice to see the meta level Clark as a genius has got to in the commentary around the game as well, because there were some people just genuinely going with the oh, Alistair Clarkson. What a fucking genius. Look at what he's, he's done it again. And then there were a whole bunch of people going, hey. I know we always say that Alistair Clarkson's a genius, but like they've lost every other game of the season. So <laughs> is he really a genius? Yeah, they lost to North Melbourne. But they, like, I mean, they were good, Hawthorne. I watched that game. Uh, were they good or was Sydney? It was going to be bad. an easy kill for Sydney. And Hawthorne were just like that new guy, the the uh, guy they got in the mid season draft, John from Newcomb. Poobong. Uh Yeah, Newcomb. Uh, Duke Newcomb. Beauty Duke Newcomb. Newcomb. Uh, he he was fantastic, I thought. Yeah, I mean, Clark is a genius. Uh, he knew to yeah. pick that guy <laughs> out of the mid-season draft. I mean, that's the, I think that's what you get, though, when you're a four-time premiership coach. Is you, because that was what Kevin Sheedy's, you know, reputation was in his last five or six years. It was just wily old 
Kevin Sheedy, even when Essendon weren't winning that many games, he would just pull one out of the bag and you'd be like, oh, Kevin Sheedy, crazy like a fox. But also, he feels like like an old Silicon Valley guy who's just putting words together in the hope that some of them will stick. Like, you know, just like jam pants. Is that something? Like, just if you keep saying enough of them, eventually just one of them comes off and everybody thinks you're a genius. Well, as there was some talk around after, um, uh, well, we should talk about the pies, of course. Nathan Buckley backs against the wall, bucks against the wall. Uh, in your tips, I think you even specifically said that you imagine that Melbourne will spoil the Bucks against the wall party. But they, in retrospect, it's like they were never going to lose that game. Like, it's funny. We got fooled by Melbourne this year and, you know, we got so disoriented with where their backs are to the wall. It just needs, footy's a simple game, Will. It was Melbourne and Collingwood's backs were against the wall. Of course, Collingwood were going to win. We just, we've been blinded in the last six months. I mean, Nathan Buckley leaves the game with a good coaching record, even this mm. season. You're like, it is like you look at their last month and there's, if you just, if you just look at the last month, there's a whole bunch of, you know, green shoots and positive signs. So it was good for Bucks. Like, and Melbourne can afford to lose. Like, that's the other thing. Melbourne played like a team that could afford to lose. Yeah. Whereas like Collingwood played like a team who desperately wanted to win. It's good for Harvey. And Collingwood um, still just won. Like Melbourne never looked like they got going and they almost won still. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's great for Rob Harvey that he gets to coach his first game without Darcy Moore. Uh, pretty good start for the caretaker. As if he's not in a hard enough place as it is as the caretaker coach. I mean, because that's the other thing that's been all through the media in the last seven days is how Rob Harvey is basically not going to get the job. The fact that you are given the caretaker job says you're not going to get the job. Except that in recent history, so many of the people who got the caretaker jobs actually ended up getting the job, whether that's a good thing or not. It has happened quite regularly. So, but I do love how on front street they've been about that. Like Bob, he might just be like, Hey, just give us a chance to coach a couple of games. Like, the boys have got to believe in me a bit. And if you keep saying that I'm definitely not going to be the coach next year, that might not be the best way for me to inspire them. Well, it's the pre- I think it's the press conference from like all the, the Collingwood people saying, we need a fresh start, new blood, no new, you know, we're sick of the same. I mean, it was a very like thinly veiled swipe. They're like, we don't want to see any of these dumb faces we've been seeing every day for the last six years. In fact, if we walk through the doors of the Lexus Center and we see some dumb Lego haircutted guy holding a clipboard, we're not going to be happy. Yeah, there, there is a real sense now of like, fuck it, we might as well burn the whole thing down. <laughs> like enough shit has gone wrong with the house that they're like, this is a write-off job. Let's let's pretend that somebody else is, let's, we're going to have to just do arson on the Holden Center. Uh, now, Will, we've come to that time of the show. Everyone's favorite segment, the uh, Pocket Profile Pocket. Uh, listener Dom has sent in a couple of suggestions. Uh, these are really good ones. Um, do you know who Nick Bryan is? No. He plays for Essendon, number 24. Okay. Do you know who Nick he is? Nick Bryan or Bryant? Bryan, B-R-Y-A-N, Nick Bryan. Okay. Two first names, Nick Bryan. Now, let me – I've read ahead – I will say this, lighthearted and a few running gags. So that should give you a bit of a leg up in this with not knowing that much about him. Um, Okay, so let's begin where we always do. What is your name? Uh, 
Oh, fuck, I've forgotten his name. Nick Bryan. <laughs> yes, correct. Good start. <laughs> it's a fucking hard name to remember. Nick uh, Bryan. Nick Bryan. Nick Bryan. It, it, it it's a very generic AFL name, Nick Bryan. Brian Nick. Nick Bryan. As it feels kid, like you're introducing two people, not saying someone's Nick, name. Brian. Nick Bryan. Brian. Brian <laughs> Nick. Jack. Stephen. Stephen. Jack. <laughs> Patrick, danger, field. <laughs> no, that's you just saying there's electrical cables all over the footy ground. Don't go out for a kick. Patrick, danger, field. Danger, field. <laughs> uh, what if you introduced your mate Nick to your girlfriend Nat and she was new? <laughs> Would you say Nick, Nat, Newey? Nick, Nat, Nat, Nick, Nat, Newey. I, you know what? What if you introduce your <laughs> Ruckman yeah. to the um, uh, creator of a lot of Marvel comics? Yeah. Reese Stanley. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, what if you had to tell your mate, a Ruckman, um, which car to take his mother to? You'd say, Shane, Mumford. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. If you had to point out which person in the room was having regular sex with an Irishman, you'd be like Paddy Ryder. <laughs> okay. As a kid, who did Nick? Uh, what did Nick Bryan want to be? Now, uh, it's an entertainer. Of some kind. Could be a children's entertainer, but also very much works, uh, you know, for an adult audience as well. Oh, okay. Um, a clown. Magician. Ah, oh, close. Okay. Yeah, Nick Bryan. Magician. Nick Bryan. Maybe, Terrible magician maybe, name. You'd have to become like... Sir, surname disappear. That's what it is. <laughs> Nick Bryan. Magic Nick. Mag Nick. Mag Nick Bryan. Maybe uh, prestige style. Yeah. He is actually two people, Nick and Brian, who are living, you know, interchangeable lives as some sort of giant magic trick. Uh, that would be the greatest trick of all, wouldn't it? Mm. That and a Tesla machine that makes you jiggle <laughs> yourself or something. Yeah, oh, that's maybe that's how Tony Cochran <laughs> created the second Matt Rowe. He got Nick Bryan's right. bloody cloning machine. And why there was danger in the field that we had to warn Patty about. <laughs> That's why Shane had to drive his mum away in the Ford. <laughs> okay, this is ridiculous. This is a football podcast, apparently. Oh, uh, yeah, sort of. Okay, who's the best player he's played with? He's a currently listed um, bomber. Uh, n not the best bomber going around at the moment, but probably in the top five midfielders. Dyson Heppel. Andy McGrath. Oh, Okay. Why does he think Andy McGrath is the best player he's played with? And his answer is an X-Man. Um, he's a Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> he's a boost. <laughs> Who's your all-time favorite player? Um, uh, 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 one of the, yeah, a famous father-son combo. Uh, Stephen Silvani. Gary Ablett Jr. Gary Ablett. Yeah, he's young. He's obviously young, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, well, yeah. I was going to say he's 24, but no, that's his number. 
Um, who's the first player you would choose from fantasy football? I don't know who this guy is. Shares the same surname as a soccer rooster. Um, um, Ned Kale. Uh, I'll just give you the answer. Was it Kale? Yeah. Are going to say Kale? Oh, that, would, that would have been what I guessed. <laughs> Only because I could not think off the top of my head of another Socceroos player. Could you, if you could ask someone to be your mentor, who would it be? Oh, for fuck's sake, who is this person? Let me just cut and paste. Um, it's not Ray Stanley. That's my clue. His first name okay. is Ross, but it's not the Ross you're thinking of. Okay, no, it's a joke answer. Okay. He's, he, was an, he was an Irish rookie at the Bombers. Uh, Ross McQuillan. Ring any bells? No. But yeah. I don't also know who Nick Bryan is. So to be fair, well, to be fair, to be fair. I mean, his name might be Ross McQuillan, mm. or he might be telling uh, his friend Ross where to put his old timey pen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's the Paddy that Paddy Ryder's is writing. <laughs> uh, what's his preferred time slot for the grand final? Uh, I've got no sense of this guy so far, so I'm going to say Twilight. Mm, you'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. It's a daytime grand final. I, this is this is a real hard one to guess because you're right. Every answer is so different from the last. He starts doing some running gags in a minute, which might give you might give you a chance to get you know a couple of goals in a row. Um, but this next one is very for a young guy. You would not expect him to say this. Who would you like to see as a halftime entertainment? And I'll just say this: classic Aussie rock and roll band. Okay. Um... Uh, cold chisel. Cold chisel. Great. Okay. I like it. All right. You got you got your you got your eye in now. Okay. Um favorite AFLW player. Not the one that everyone loves, but I would say probably the second most beloved. Oh maybe not Darcy maybe be- Vessio. No. Maybe uh beloved as a footballer, but also beloved as a media performer. Daisy Pierce. Daisy Pierce. If you, I mean, you forget that Daisy Pierce actually plays football as well. Like she's such a good commentator. I've actually you forget that Daisy Pierce came into the game as the best player in the entire AFLW, and that she, like, if she'd played in a different era, like, because she dominated like women's football before the AFLW came in. But because she's made the transition to being such an excellent commentator, you're right. You do almost forget that she's like a professional again, footballer, footballer in her own right and like yeah. had a, had babies and then yeah. came back and played again <laughs> that's crazy if you weren't a footballer what would you like to be hmm. i gave you some clues a before a magician all right great okay good You're starting to get a feel for it that's three in a row will three in a row you feeling confident no still not feeling confident Okay, good. Because I'm, these are going to throw you. <laughs> no, this is actually pretty straightforward. A talent you wish you had. This is a pretty straightforward uh, attribute that a footballer requires. Coordination. Endurance. Okay. What makes you laugh? And it looks, let's get it out of the way. It's not Carl Barron. It's not you. <laughs> I'll say this. He is uh, the, he's a character who's an antagonist. From a long-running sitcom that has had two iterations. Oh, the sitcoms had two iterations. Probably uh, multiple iterations, but two very successful iterations. And this was this the, he was the antagonist. Sitcom. If, uh, and when I say sitcom, more like single camera. Oh, okay. 
Um, Probably one of the biggest. He like, was in the office. Yes. And who is the antagonist uh, in the office? The antagonist in the office was. Um, Oh, well, and um, Jim's antagonist, I should probably say. Oh, is he? Okay, all right. Oh, I, 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 Dwight. Dwight Schrute. Dwight. Dwight Schrute. Describe yourself in one word, and I have no idea what this means. This could be some young person talk, so I'm just going to go to Urban Dictionary and just plug this in. Um, it's something you can eat. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, Pavlova. Um, cheese. No, something. Yes, cheese. What? Really? Yeah. <laughs> yes, cheese. But he says cheeser, so I'm just putting cheeser into Urban Dictionary. All right. I hope this is something I can actually talk about. Um, okay. So a cheeser is an all-encompassing term used to describe various types of low-life individuals. In context, you might say Luther was without a question the epitome of a cheeser. At 30 years old, he had already sired 13 children, nine of which he had anything to do with. Oh, okay. So it's gotten very dark all of a sudden. Hasn't it? Ah, uh, you know what it also comes from? That, you know, people who are poor, they'd be on government cheese. So you're like a kind of white trash. Okay. All right. So he's a cheeser. He's a cheeser. What did you learn about yourself during COVID lockdowns? Now, Okay. This might help. I think he must have been not on, he must have been in the hub. I think he must have been locked down with his parents. So what What did he learn about himself during COVID? <laughs> I should lock um, the bathroom door. <laughs> mum, mum hates it when she finds some cheeser on the toilet seat. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> uh, that... It's something about household like chores or hygiene, something in that area, is it? No, he wants to move out. Oh, okay. Biggest thing you missed during hub life. So now he must be in the hub. So what did he miss? Ironically, he missed something when he was in hub life. Uh, his family. He wants to move out. His mum's cooking. His mum's cheese-filled cooking. <laughs> what was the most enjoyable thing about hub life? Um, yeah, this is a game you'd probably play on school camp, I imagine, or, you know, in your mate's garage. <laughs> Soggy biscuit. Um, <laughs> the endless rounds of <laughs> Soggy Biscuit. <laughs> Me and the boys. That's how I got my nickname, Cheezer. Um, so what did he enjoy? It's a game they play. Um, darts, yeah. billiards, cards. You're in the um, it's holiday house game. Monopoly, Scrabble, out outdoors. You normally play it on a deck or something like that, or in a garage. Um, oh, table tennis. Table tennis. Least enjoyable thing about hub life. He refers to one of his previously mentioned teammates. I imagine uh, this guy. And- he doesn't say it, but I'm guessing he has a shit rig. Oh, okay. So it's not Andy McGrath because Andy McGrath no. has like a, a, a decent like rig. a man's rig on a tiny little body. So. Uh, who else has he mentioned previously? Um, Can you remember the uh, person who shares a name with an Australian soccer star? Can you remember his first uh, name? Yeah, w- whatever his name was, Kale. Yeah, he hates hanging out with Ned Kale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Uh, this should be an easy one. Biggest pest during Hub Life? Uh, Ned Kale. Funniest teammate during Hub Life? Ned Kale. Because it's funny to laugh at his expense. 
Right. And he's probably got a shit rig. I do love that it seems like every pocket profile, there's just some nice, healthy bullying. There's always one player who's getting singled out for some repeat bullying. What's the first place you want to visit after travel restrictions are lifted? Um, it's international. America. No, you're thinking to bring it back, bring Bali. It back a bit. Yep. <laughs> Favorite sporting event you'd like to attend? Uh, Super Bowl. It's well, it's always a Super Bowl or. Uh, the NBA finals. VA finals. NBA. NBA. Yeah. <laughs> the NBA finals. What's the last TV series he binged on? Oh, okay, good. All right. Um, I have no idea. Like, there's, I get no immediate sense. You do, actually. Oh, I do, actually. Yeah. Um, hmm. I mean, what character seems to be foremost in his mind? Uh, Ned Kale. Mm. <laughs> fictional character who makes him laugh potentially uh, oh i can't oh, even come remember on, what it was, oh, it was a dwight Schrute watching the, the office. office i binged the he's, office he's binged the office the most famous person you have met now i don't know if this is i mean this guy is he's no longer with us and he's inc- probably was the most famous man on the planet for a number of years muhammad ali no, but in that same level of fame, um, probably a bit more of a controversial reputation than Muhammad Ali. Adolf Hitler. No. <laughs> <laughs> I get the feeling that maybe they even collaborated on something once. He, he definitely collaborated, this, this person definitely collaborated with Michael Jordan. Okay. He's a musician. Oh, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. That, do you think that's a joke mm. answer? I mean, with now what we know about Michael Jackson. I mean, well, it does. The timeline checks out that he could have met him while he was young. So I suppose <laughs> can't rule it out. Well, Michael Jackson died in what, two thousand and ten? Yeah, it does check out. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if this guy's like nineteen, uh, three famous people you'd like to meet. Okay, so one you're not even going to have to think about. LeBron James. LeBron James, of course. Second one is a um, Aussie female Aussie movie star. Aussie female Who would movie get? star, Margot Robbie. Yeah, I was, yes. I was going to say she's the. I was going to say the female Chris Hemsworth, the equivalent of a female Chris Hemsworth, in terms of age and appeal. Um, okay, um, and this guy, who I'm just looking up on Wikipedia, he's an American author and entertainer. And I have no idea who he is. His name's Rick Lax. Do you know who that is? No. Rick Lax. I'm just looking at his Wikipedia page and he looks like some kind of self-help guru or something. Rick Lax. Oh, no. Guess what he is. What's Nick Uh, always wanted to be? No. (laughs) (laughs) Nick's always wanted to be. Um, Oh, God. What are you? Oh, oh, he's a magician. He's a magician. Rick Lax. He made his... Actually, I forget it. <laughs> I was going to make a laxative joke, but it was too hard to pronounce. Favorite team or sports person outside of football? And it's a person. Uh, LeBron James. LeBron James. What's the best sporting event you've ever seen? It was a grand final. What year was it? I'll give you a time frame. It was between 2010 
and 2016? Twenty sixteen. Twenty eleven. When the cats defeated the pies. Okay. Is that twenty eleven? Yeah, that was twenty eleven. Oh no, yeah, that was twenty eleven. If you won ten million dollars, Nick, what would you buy first? Mm. And I, I think with ten million you could probably buy multiple of these. A car of some kind? A cool car. Yeah, okay. <laughs> He likes, like, I imagine his favorite corn chip is CC's because he likes cold chisel, cool cars. Like, there's a, there's a bit of a thing. And Charlie Clawson. <laughs> Something people would be surprised to learn about you. Well, I don't think we're surprised by the time we've got to the bottom of this. What's something that you would not be surprised to find out about Nick Bryan after everything is stated in this pocket profile? Um, that he's a bit random. That, that he's really good at... Watching the TV show The Office? Magic! He's good at magic. He's only mentioned it five fucking times. I wish you could make this pocket profile disappear. What's your best subject? I, am in, I don't know why that's such a blockage for me, the fact that he wants to be a magician, because it's clearly the most interesting thing about him. I wish this whole pocket profile was about his love of magic. What's he, what was his best subject at school? Magic. <laughs> yeah, he went to Hogwarts. <laughs> Uh, no, it's more of a trade class. Uh, woodwork. Woodwork. What was your first car? Um, it was a, um, what model of Volkswagen? Uh, VW Beetle. No, played for West Coast and the Swans. A VW. Uh... And also there's one who plays for Melbourne. Um... Neville. Jetta. Neville Jetta. A Volkswagen Jetta. And finally, no, it's not finally. <laughs> I wish it was. I was trying to will that into existence. Uh, what's his usual coffee order? Oh, get stuffed, mate. Okay, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fancy decaf, and it's not even really coffee. <laughs> oh, a decaf chai latte? Decaf double shot chai latte. <laughs> Double shot of the decaf. <laughs> Better give me those two shots. <laughs> that sweet, sweet decaf. <laughs> I need twice of nothing. Uh, dream place you would like to live. Uh, it's a, it's a, this is a lovely little coastal town. If you're, a, if you're, a, oh, this makes sense. He was probably a Geelong supporter growing oh, up. Okay, so Ocean's yeah. Grove or somewhere like uh, that. Barwon Heads. Yeah. What's in store for him in his life after football, Will? Um, magic? Is he going to pursue magic? Magic. Magic. 100%, of course, it's magic. Wowee. Nick Bryan. That's, uh, you know what? I would rather one of those than the Jack Lukosius. You give me some quirky, I love magic and the office over whatever Jack Lukosius was giving us. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm, no, I'm intrigued by Nick Bryan. I'm suddenly more interested in him than I ever was, considering I did not know he existed until today. Uh, well, we open up the mailbag each week. Well, it's more like the tweet bag. <laughs> we ask people to send us tweets, <laughs> questions or comments, things they want us to talk about from the week gone by. So we've had a few people uh, get in touch with this. This is a good idea. This is from Andrew. He's like, hey, two guys, one cup. Just wondering... Um, 
if you could do pocket profiles on each other, it would be fun to hear you guess each other's answers for each, uh, for the info we haven't already gleaned from the episode. So we could do that at some point, couldn't we? We'll do like a, uh, we'll do, a, we'll fill out a pocket profile each and then we'll try and guess each other's answers. Yeah, I like it. Um, okay, this is from Ilario. Sorry, Charlie, but I have to ask, have St Kilda been rebuilding since 1896, 1966, 1996, or 2010? I mean, I also need to ask, which war crime tribunal should they face for what they are doing to their fans? Uh, look, St Kilda is on just one big rebuild. I mean, can you rebuild if you've never sort of been to the top? Like, if your house has only ever been half a house, like, are you really in a rebuild or are you just building a house? Well, you know what the problem with your house is? You've just never been able to get it perfect. You've got mm. to the point where it was almost perfect. And then, like, you know, something broke or something went wrong or something stopped working. Like, so you've just never been able to sit back and go, look at this, this perfect house. Like, when somebody becomes a premiership player, despite all their faults, they're suddenly a premiership player and you've just never got that. What about what war tribunal should we put in front of? I don't know. I think that at some point, not to victim blame, but you have to put the responsibility squarely on us St Kilda supporters. We're the ones fronting up to this. We're the ones. It'd be great on Monday morning if, like, you know, they recommended which players were going to the regular tribunal and then which people had to go to the war tribunal for crimes they committed on the weekend. <laughs> You've been referred to the war tribunal. <laughs> he sent him straight to the war tribunal. It was so bad. Uh, Sean wants to know how Gemma's been tolerating Charlie during this period. Um, <laughs> she's been very uh, – well, she's used to it now, and she's been very, very accommodating. But I am also limiting what I tell her. She's, I'm not watching the games in front of her. I'm, I'm, I'm creeping off to a little dark corner to watch the games and then just giving her, like I said, those one or two-line synopsis about how we've fucked up again. Um, oh, another Charlie question. Uh, Sandy wants to know, Charlie, with things the way they are at St Kilda and Rob Harvey taking over the pies, is this your chance? My chance for what? What's the suggestion here? That I coach St Kilda? That you become a Collingwood supporter. Oh. Jump over. Just splash. Get rid of that red. Mm. And like just go with the black and white stripes. Imagine if... So my affection for Rob... Yeah. You decide that you love Rob Harvey so much that you're going to actually jump on board and become a Collingwood supporter. How does it change you? Um, oh, well, I think that, um, I think that all of a sudden, uh, I think I just magnify my problems because Collingwood, like St Kilda are a shit, but we're not a big team. So we're not getting a lot of press, but if this was Collingwood, I mean, Collingwood is having kind of almost as bad, if not worse a year than St Kilda and they're everywhere. So I don't know that jumping over now to Collingwood would feel any different. I just would probably feel worse if anything, because I'm just being... I've just jumped out of the frying pan into the fire, essentially. Well, maybe then we're thinking too small. Maybe this is your time to Jeff Brown it. Maybe you've got a launch. I mean, you're less Jeff Brown and you're more that sort of Richmond bid, you know, that tried to roll Hardwick and those guys. But maybe yeah. you could do that. You could just, like, this is your time to try to roll the St Kilda board. I don't want to. <laughs> I just feel like, I mean, if I, you know, if just say, for some reason, they came to me and they said, Charlie, we want you to come down and just like address the club and just tell them, just tell them what you've gone through. Like, we really want to hear from you. Like, I, I just would get up on stage in front of them and I'd just shrug my shoulders and I'd be like, guys, I, I don't know. Like, you've really just left me with nothing. 
I don't know. I'm not, I'm not even angry anymore. I'm just kind of numb. I'm just kind of numb. So whatever the fuck is going on, because it, it seems to be a multitude of things, just, just let me know when you're winning games again. I'm just going to take a long, long sleep. I mean, look, it's one way to approach it. It's probably they haven't heard that yet. Maybe it'll shake them out of their apathy. Tony uh, says, what is ball? Razor needs a refresh. What is ball? It's quite a philosophical question. Isn't it? What is ball? What is ball? It's good. It's, you know, it's deep. I don't know. I, mean, I think that that's what Matt Rowell's like at home. He gets into that stinker pose, stretches yeah. out his like, you know, hammies and he sits on a pile of balls. Of and he's just like, what is what ball? What is ball? Luke uh, says, will Charlie be issuing a bounty on McKay after he broke Hunter Clark's jaw? Not enough has been made of the fact that the Crows lose that match if McKay doesn't go kamikaze on Hunter. The spill leads directly to a winning goal. There's no justice in football. I don't know that there's a direct correlation between it. To me, it felt like it was just another thing that happens in a day when everything goes wrong. One of your star kids gets his frigging jaw broken. I mean, this whole debate around like, if they, you know, if you stop players from doing that, you're going to change the fabric of the game. I don't believe in that. Like, I think that there's got to be a way where you can still attack the ball, still attack the ball with intensity and, you know, not also break a guy's jaw in three places. I mean, the, the, this is a pretty horrific jaw break. It's not just like a little hairline fracture. Like, he's, it's split from the bottom of his bottom teeth down to the bottom of his jaw and either side. Like, this is like a car crash type hit. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. It's like it's a tough day at your job when you come home and that's happened to your face and it's not your fault. Like, I felt bad for them both because it did feel like one of those things that you need to get an suspended for. But at the same time, I don't think he was particularly doing anything malicious. Sam says, since Richmond D has gone on to better things and we have been left with the obvious void, disappointing didn't quite go to plan. It absolutely pains me to say, but I feel like St Kilda, fucking hell, can you guys just take it easy this week? Feels like St Kilda has taken over. Sorry, Charlie. Um, what would St Kilda's Richmond D term be? Uh, well, people often refer to us as the ain'ts. The ain'ts, I think that makes sense. We ain't, you know, this ain't it, this ain't your year. Um, what about holy, holy shit? <laughs> How about, well, holy shit. How about Saint Kill Yourself? <laughs> um, uh, Daisy wants to know our thoughts on the SDG giving Bunks, uh, Bunks, <laughs> Bunks, Nathan Bunkley, giving Nathan Buckley a chunk of grass. Did you see that? A little glass case with a chunk of the SDG turf. Oh, Matt, Matt Rowell would have just been so jealous. I, that's what I was thinking. Take that straight to the green room. I mean, that's his two passions, right? Horticulture and football together in a glass case. I mean, I I like this tradition. I like the fact that they took some of the MCG up to the, um, you know, the Brisbane Grand Final. I feel like at all stages, to negate home ground advantage, teams should have to fly in with at least half the turf that is played <laughs> in the Grand Final. They should take. <laughs> turf from the two home grounds of the competing teams and lay them side by side. Do you remember when the Docklands first opened and it was like, felt like for about two years, the routine conversation was like, the grass is coming up like carpet, like players were doing their knees and shit like that. And like, they built it on a concrete slab. It's, you know, it's the equivalent of an Indian burial ground. You can't do that. What happened since then that the fixed 
Marvel Stadium? Did they just smash up the concrete and put some dirt underneath it or something? Yeah, something like that. I think now at Optus Stadium, they worry that the surface there might be, you know, a little hard to play on as well. But yeah, I mean, Marvel, they built in the wrong direction as well. Like the sun yeah. comes in at the wrong angle. They like literally just built this whole stadium the wrong way wrong. around, which I guess when the stadium is a circle is kind of easy enough to do. But yeah, they did not really think it through. Uh, this person's uh, Twitter handle is just uh, Starheart. Starheart. You wonder why people listen to the podcast. You wondered why people listen to the podcast on last week's app. I want to let you know that I listen because you, because you guys clearly enjoy football. Have you fucking been listening to me over the last five weeks? This is not a man enjoying football. Some other commentators and journalists can make the footy seem like life or death, but it's just a game at the end of the day. Thanks, guys. I love that that comment comes right after you saying, Saint, kill yourself. <laughs> uh, Helen wants to know how we think Chris Fagan should celebrate his 100th game when the Lions play, his, uh, play North in his hometown of Hobart on Saturday. Well, right, I this is what I would the love. first coach. To coach his 100th game on his 100th birthday. So I think that's special in <laughs> of itself. I would like to see, maybe not a celebration at the game, but I would like to see the Brisbane Lions buy Chris Fagan like a pastor Mona. And he goes in and it's like some kind of art installation where it's like a camera pointed out at the crowd and then projects onto the big screen at Mona, you know, and then maybe some graphics go over it. But I think Fagan is looking at it but he, as he gets close to the camera, he trips. His pants fall down. His undies get stuck halfway up his bums. There's got a big, like, plumber's crack showing. And then he stumbles around and falls headfirst into a bin, and his little feet are kicking around. And everyone at Mona stops, and they just see projected onto the big screen. There's Chris Fagan going, Oh, my God, I'm stuck in a bin. Oh, jeez. Uh, if you could just go under my ankles and just pull me over. There's a banana down here. I'm diving under the way. I'm going to eat that. I think people at Mona would like that. I feel they'd be like, this is provocative. Provocative, controversial. I like it. Challenges the norms. Holds, holds up a mirror to society. Um, uh, Matt wants to know, was it was uh, Monday the ultimate backs against the game, backs against the wall game uh, to farewell Buckley? Would that be Buckley's, yeah. in Buckley's top five backs against the wall games? I reckon that'd be close to number one. Um, I'm just going to, uh, it's, uh, Jono says, I just love JJK. Going to miss that Ned Kelly beard if he retires. Play on one more year, I reckon. It's like, buddy, just play on. I reckon let those old dudes just kind of whatever they need to do to get through the week, radox bath and, you know, only train for 15 minutes a week or whatever. I, I think he looks good and I think he brings a lot to the game. And if he can still kick him like that from 50, another year, please. Oh, absolutely another year. But also after that, they should pass down the beard. I yes. feel like when he retires, so, like he shaves off his beard, they fashion and, an advanced hairstyle into some sort of like male beard merkin that is handed over to the player that he considers Oscar to be the rightful. The natural successor, Oscar yeah, Allen. Yeah, so he's running Oscar around Allen, with his, Can you imagine Oscar Allen suddenly with just coming back with like hair a big bush ranger beard? Giant brown beard. Uh, Alexi says, I'd like to hear about the, as much about the Saints as I can, please. Well, yeah, you go. Sib says, was Frio versus Gold Coast the worst game of footy ever played? Ah, oh, there's been a lot of bad games that I've watched this year, mainly to do with my team. Yeah, but it was not a good game. It was a very low-skilled encounter. 
Uh, Nick Splitter from the Unplugged podcast says, has Iona recovered from her cold because I'm still sick? Uh, I was a guest on the Unplugged podcast last week. Thank God they asked me to do last week because I don't even know. If the invitation had come this week, I don't know that I would have the stomach to get on and and talk about the Saints. Um, It's a great podcast if you're a Saints fan. If you want some insight into some what genuine, like hardline Saints fans are thinking, uh, listen to the Unplugged podcast. Find it where you get all your good podcasts. Um, Edward has sent us a graph which is a pie chart showing games won by footy short colours after round 13, 2021. What colour short, if I gave you the options of blue, black, red, brown and white, won the most amount of football after round 13? White. White with 48%. Uh, Then black and midnight blue coming after that, followed by red, followed by navy blue, purple, what is that? A grey, burgundy, and brown. Pete wants to know, now that Nathan Buckley has gone, <laughs> what can Robert Harvey expect to be... Uh, what can ha- Now that Nathan Buckley has gone, what can Rob Harvey expect to be crowned by the Magpies community? All right, what kind of insult name can they give Rob Harvey? Rob... Barvey? Rob... Scarvey? Nob Harvey. Nob Harvey. No, yeah, that's... yeah. I put too much thought into it. Nob Harvey. That's easy. All right. That's it for Two Guys One Cup this week. Um, we have a bunch of other great podcasts you might like to listen to. They're all housed at a website called tofop.com. Uh, you can go to tofop.com and you can also send us a message there if you want to by going to the uh, message window that's at the bottom of the page. And while you're there, check out some of our other great podcasts like Willosophy. Who's on Willosophy this week, Will? This week on Philosophy, uh, Damien Powell, a really funny chat with the uh, Brisbane stand-up comedian and also uh, the winner of the ASRC, this home secret resource centre auction to be a guest on Philosophy, Hayden Dando, his name was. He was the guy who had the winning bid and uh, Great. I sat down with him and it's actually a really awesome chat. I was so glad to be able to have it with him and it was all for a good cause. If you want to donate to the ASRC, they have their telethon this weekend and they're doing incredible work in the community, obviously for refugees and I am auctioning off the opportunity to become a, a guest on Philosophy again for this next year. So if you want to check out Hayden's episode and you also you feel like you want to donate some money and bid on that auction item at the ASRC uh, website, that'll be cool. Uh, it sounds like a worthy cause. And if you want to give some money to an unworthy cause, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Tofop. Uh, Tofop's another podcast we do. It's kind of like this one. It's almost identical to this one with just slightly less football chat. Um, we also have another podcast called Fofop where Will and I chat to various uh, people that you may have heard of. This week I'm chatting to actor Paddy Bramall. You might know him from Offspring, from uh, No Activity, from the American sitcom Call Your Mother. Um, had a fascinating chat with him about living in LA through COVID and shooting a sitcom with no audience. So you can go to tofop.com to check all of that out. Is there anything else? Do you got shows or anything to plug? Oh, yeah, I do have shows. Uh, July the 3rd at the Edmore in Sydney and uh, July the 4th at the Brisbane Powerhouse. What you're talking about, Will, is my improvised stand-up show. Tickets selling quickly, though, so get in if you want to come and see those shows. Play on, not 15. Ball. We are two guys, 